The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I have a detour, and it ran into another detour. They got married and had a baby detour. I mean, <laughs> detours just, just zigzag, and you don't know what God is doing. And oftentimes, during a detour, God is silent. Have you ever felt your life was headed in the wrong direction? Next, Tony Evans explains how these detours relate to your destiny. Because God is always doing a kingdom work with your destiny routed through your detours. Today, I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are thrilled to have Dr. Evans, Tony Evans, back with a book called Detours, The Unpredictable Path to Your Destiny. Uh, I'm not even going to begin to read all of the chapter titles of about uh, 16 of them, but they all do start uh, concerning our destiny and uh, the purpose of detours. But he's talking about detours as a part of our destiny. Detours, not the steady journey, you know. Uh, the purpose of detours. I'm going to get right to that one. The pain of detours, uh, the patterns of detours, the purifying of detours, the proof of detours, and on and on. And all of them do start with a P, and they're all powerful. So you could have had powerful detours. You missed that P. I'm going to work with him on his sermon outlines and stuff, try to help him a little. But I'm telling you, Tony Evans is one of my favorite people. He is, in my opinion, one of the greatest preachers that has ever lived, not just today. How about you welcome Dr. Tony Evans to Life Today? And, and, and I know that Dr. Evans appreciates Life Today because this is his television ministry. <laughs> he doesn't have to pay for it. <laughs> this is his own outreach here. Well, Dr. Evans, you know, and thanks for letting me call you Tony. I'm, I, man, I love you. And this is obviously another great book. I mentioned that first chapter, The Purpose of Detours. You, you, you preach this a series. Have a pretty profound impact that you could see on the, on the congregation? Yeah, it, uh, it was profound because everybody felt like, or almost everybody felt like they were on a detour. <laughs> that life was not unfolding as they had planned and as they had hoped. And sometimes on a detour, you wonder, where is God? I thought I was supposed to be going here and I'm way over there. Not knowing that God does that on purpose. <laughs> Detours are a, are a necessary part of arriving at destiny. Now, why do you say that? I mean, you act like you're pretty convinced of that. I mean, do you think well, it's because uh, it looks to me like we could find a simpler way? Well, it's like going down a highway and you run into something that stops you your direct uh, uh, progress. There are a couple of reasons that happens. Number one, there's an accident that you need to work around, so they detour you. Something is wrong that needs to get corrected out there. Could be very dangerous. It could be very dangerous, so it slows you down and takes you off another course. Or construction. <laughs> Something is being built up that you need to work around until the construction is complete mm -hmm. so that you are detoured to arrive at your destiny. When God works with us, two things must happen. We must be developed for our destiny, and our destiny must be made ready for us. And only when those two cross do we get to where God wants us to be. And only as we cooperate with the detours will we arrive in a timely fashion at our destiny. 
Okay, so we got to believe the one that's allowing the detours to come or actually put them there, the construction that's in process, the danger that we're being warned of. It's all a part of God's kingdom purpose because you kind of seem to be a kingdom-centered person. And you're talking about the kingdom of God like the kingdom that's here where he's king here, not the one we're going to go to where the enemy is totally gone and we got no more challenges. You're talking about now. So when you find people listening to you along this line, do you find that if they get it, they're better prepared for the kingdom now and to fulfill his purpose? The unifying theme of scripture is the glory of God through the advancement of his kingdom. That's what ties the whole Bible together from Genesis to Revelation. Kingdom is rule. God wants to demonstrate his rule from heaven into history. And he does that through bringing his people to arrive at their designated point of usefulness. So destiny is your customized life purpose that God has equipped, redeemed, and enabled you to achieve in order to advance his kingdom program. If it's not tied to kingdom, you can't reach destiny because destiny is always to reach a kingdom goal. And he's about kingdom. He is and he establishes it in us. He establishes it in us, and then he works it through us so that he can make an impact, we can make an impact for him and the advancement of his cause in history. You understand all that? You got that? <laughs> what I'm understanding is that the detours are a very important part of our destiny. Because there's times in my life I can look back and I'd say, at that moment, I'd say, well, why is... Why is my life going this direction right now? But now I can look back and say, God, thank you, because it made me who I am today and for your purposes. Well, God zigzags us <laughs> to our destiny. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. take us in a straight line. He's going all over the place. I have one, one of our, uh, our church members say, you talked about detours. Uh, I have a detour, and it ran into another detour. They got married and had a baby detour. I mean, <laughs> detours just, just zigzag, and you don't know what God is doing. And oftentimes, during a detour, God is silent mm. because he wants to see, are we going to trust him like a Becca when we're hearing nothing from him, but we're going to submit to him because he's doing something. You know, the key verse in the whole book is... Uh, is uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, when, when Joseph says, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good, to bring me to this place in order that I might deliver the family. Mm -hmm. Number of things in that. Number one, people meant it for evil. So detours include bad things happening. But from bad people from, with bad intentions. Including... In your own family. Yeah, in your own church. In your own church, that's right. Boy. In my own church, okay? <laughs> so, so, so he had people selling him into slavery. He's, he's being accused of rape when he didn't rape anybody. He's being forgotten in jail. And all the time he keeps saying, but God was with Joseph. Mm. Even when all his wow. bad, bad things are happening. Mm. So when you look at Genesis 50 verse 20, it says, you meant it one way, God meant it another way, but the two came together to bring me to this location. And this location is designed to do something bigger than just for me. It is to be the beginning of building a nation because mm. wow. God is always doing a kingdom work yes. with your destiny routed through your detours. When you delivered this series of messages, what effect did you see it having? And if we say, because I'm, I'm real good at liking everything you do, <laughs> okay, and I'm real committed to telling everybody to, to tune in on it, right? You agree uh -huh. with that? You've been... 
delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it would not be a positive detour. <laughs> detouring over here toward Fort Worth. All right, if, if people get into the book, what is it your hope that they're going to take away? A couple of things. The first hope I take away is hope. That now they can see that the chaos in their life can have a positive outworking because God can use messes to create miracles. He can hit a bullseye with a crooked stick. <laughs> and that is because when I learn that his providence and sovereignty can work through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. He can take my mistakes, my sins, my circumstances, and reconfigure them. You know, my wife's here, and she's a, she's a great cook. And when my kids were growing up, uh, she would make these huge Sunday meals. Uh, roast, potatoes, green beans, you know, uh, iced tea, 7-Up cake, you know? Make you want to slap your mama. She would be, <laughs> she'd be killing it in the kitchen. But she wasn't going to do that again on Monday. This was Sunday only. After we ate on Sunday, she became the Tupperware queen. Because she put all the leftovers uh, in the refrigerator, brought them out on Monday, chopped it, diced it, put it in a casserole dish, sprinkled some cheese over it, grated cheese, poured some cream of mushroom over it, put it back in the oven, brought it out, gave it a French-sounding name. <laughs> and what it was, was it was, uh, uh, it was leftovers in the hands of a master. Mm. God can dice, chop, and re-stir the things in our lives, and you can wind up looking back when you hit your destiny and say, mm-mm, good. <laughs> Because that's what Romans 8, 28 says. All things work together for good. You know, it's a, and you know, you, you and I have been friends for a while. And you know, for a, a little baby, that wasn't ever supposed to be born because I was probably going to rape. And the doctor said, no, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't have been born today, likely. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, it's just Absolutely. too easy to get rid of me. And, and yet God had a plan. He had a destiny. And it looked like I started out in a nice little pastor's home. And my mother drags me out from under the bed, takes me into poverty where none of our places, houses face a street. We're on alleys and dumps and rivers. And uh, it's amazing with all those detours that God could still do something with me. Would you agree? I need, I need some encouragement. Would you agree that God <laughs> took a very difficult situation and did at least a little bit positive with it? Well, he's done a lot positive with it. I mean, I remember when I was in seminary and you came and preached. I remember this. I was sitting there. <laughs> I was looking up at you and your sermon was on Terry. We, I, I need to tarry more with the Lord. That was your sermon that day. See, I remember you, because you were good back then. So I, I remember you. Uh, but, but to think that you would be doing this in a seat and not just standing in a pulpit, God maneuvered some things and made some things different. That's why you can never predict today where you're going to wind up tomorrow because God shifts things along the way based on his program, his will, our giftedness, and our obedience. And you know the detour that God put me on to sit by this beautiful girl that just loves Jesus, and, and you look at two people that basically are wired shy You'd hardly believe that about me. <laughs> Her, you'd believe it. But here we sit pointing to Jesus and people see a miracle. And instead of me standing in the Colosseums, which was I blessed to preach to yeah, big that, crowds? That was that season, that yes. Was but then the Lord sits me here, and, and, and really, Billy Graham's son, Franklin, came to see me and Betty. And this, I'm just going to tell you what he said. Daddy says you're the best. What are you doing sitting on a sofa by your wife? Why aren't you in the Colosseums? 
And I leaned over and I looked at Franklin. I said, because God called me to be a servant to you. And we were the first ones to help give him a big gift for Samaritan's Purse. And then we've been helping him and praying for him ever since. I remember I wrote Franklin a love letter a few months back from God the Father and from his dad who isn't able to articulate right now at his age. And I said, I want your dad to talk to you. So I'm going to tell you what he wants you to hear. And then I want you to hear what this father says. He said the letter meant a lot to him. What, what was that? It was a servant role. I just want to, I want to ask you the question. You saw me in the crusades, but can we be effective as a servant to others? Have I stepped down to step into that role? You can't be effective until you are a servant to others. <laughs> because the whole purpose of God's kingdom destinations for his people is the impact through us, not just to us. See, we got a generation who wants to be blessed, but not necessarily be a blessing. And the biblical definition of blessing is God working to you so he can flow through you. Mm. If you are called to sack Christian, you're going to be limited. You got to be a conduit Christian. So that's why I tell people when they go to God, not only tell God what you want, but what, how somebody else is going to benefit if he gives it to you. Wow. Cause now you've gotten his undivided attention cause he knows he can use you to be a blessing and not just be blessed. And servant is greatest in the kingdom. And anybody sitting out here or watching on television says, well, he can't speak or preach like Dr. Evans, or maybe talk as freely as you, but everybody can be a servant. And would you and I not both agree that serving others is the greatest joy we've ever experienced, more so even than preaching? Not only is it the greatest joy, and it is, but it, it is also the greatest thing Jesus recognizes. It's interesting, when he was talking to his disciples, and they were arguing about who's going to be great, <laughs> he didn't tell them, don't want to be great. He says, oh, you can want to be great. Just don't do it like the Gentiles do it. Do it through servanthood. So go for greatness, which means you go for service. And brother, if you get the detours down right, you're going to end up being a servant you're going of to the most up. high God and most effective in the kingdom. That's because detours are always designed to bring you back to the main highway. <laughs> Y'all like this guy. <laughs> you know, I... I don't, I don't want to say that, that, that he writes better than he preaches because he doesn't, but he writes equal to his preaching. It's amazing. I mean, I can just start reading it and I just can preach. I just can raise my voice, go on TV like a teleprompter, and they'd say, boy, he can flat preach. I just preach his book. Listen to me. I, I really mean this. And, and Tony, I, you know how much I love you and Lois and yes, your whole and you family. Do. We love you as well. And, and I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm, I'm saying to you, you say, well, you wouldn't love me if you knew me. Well, you might not like me if you knew everything about me, but guess what? God does. He's crazy about me. He loves me, and I'm covered with love and grace, and when I just give him that old piece of clay, he can make a vessel that honors him, a vessel through whom he can flow his love and his life. And that's what this is really about, to show you that in God's divine plan and the destiny he has for you, and there are no small people in his plan, you're all vital parts of his body and his kingdom purpose. If you will understand that God is actually not misdirecting, but redirecting for the better, who would have ever thought Joseph could have been what he became? To think that his own brothers threw him in a pit and just knew he'd be dead or taken to be a slave. But think about this. When he was tempted, tempted by some beautiful woman, he said, absolutely no. And then her lies put him in prison. I mean, you could just say, God, what a way to take care of your good, honest kid. And in that prison, the miracles of God began to unfold. And you know what, Tony? I don't think he went in there with bitterness and unforgiveness. I think something was happening in his heart 
that when he opened up and was able to look at others and be able to look past that and look forward, I think that his future began to unfold right there. And you point out in this book the importance of not holding unforgiveness or bitterness in your heart. We got to lay those things down before the Lord. Unforgiveness will delay your destiny. Mm -hmm. Do not burn the bridge over which one day you will have to cross. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you will need to be forgiven, therefore you need to be a forgiver. Mm -hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean you've reconciled immediately because trust has to be built if you've been hurt. But it does mean that you're not seeking revenge and you're not keeping a record. Wow. And when you make that decision, you've opened yourself up to God because that's what God does. Isn't that great? Don't you love the way this man communicates to And this, this is a volume. It's a volume of transforming truth to help you become the one God designs you for in this moment in time. Uh, I'm, I'm just praying. If people want to know, okay, Dr. Evans, how do I find out all of the radio stations and times? How do I find out where you're going to speak? How do I find out what conferences are at the church? Uh, other materials that you have, what website would they go to? TonyEvans.org. That's the whole world of Tony Evans. It's TonyEvans.org. So. <laughs> okay. So if, if they go online, they can get the book. Get they the get book. one for somebody they know who may, they see them in what looks like a major detour. Absolutely. And encourage them. So get it. Uh, you know, Tony, uh, one of the things that has been just a part of, you know, the book that I have now is out called Living Amazed. And in and, and the journey that we've experienced in Living Amazed, we kind of referenced it. I was a preacher in large crowds and suddenly I become a servant and I'm on the mission field. The Lord really took us to the mission field. And you know, when I lived in poverty and pain, I was able to identify with where a lot of people live. I think most people feel overlooked and unimportant. Don't you think so? Absolutely. And yet God can take anybody that will just put the clay of their life in his hand and use them. Well, when I went to the mission fields and I saw need, I didn't know if Christians would help them. And yet we came back and said, here's a need and here's a way to legitimately meet it. And our viewers have met it. It's been amazing to watch. I want to show you something that this, this really, it, it deeply concerned us that our viewers wouldn't help. As a matter of fact, we said, well, we know the need is great. Maybe we just kind of test it and see if anybody won't maybe get mad at us and talk about you shouldn't point at that kind of thing. But not only did you not get angry, you poured out the love of God. And you said, we, we want to do that so deeply we want to help. Watch, because I think you'll want to help. I've seen pictures of the kind of streets, you know, where there's the red light district, and they make it look like it's very glamorous until you actually stop outside one of these places, until you actually look into the eyes of some of these girls who are very made up, but underneath all that makeup, they're just little girls, some of them. They're not called daughter, they're not called sister. They're called like number 15 or number 17. And even further back, you see these little cubicles, but interestingly enough, the locks are not on the inside, the locks are on the outside. And at some point you say, where does this begin? But in so many of these villages, there's abject poverty. And suddenly one day, a guy shows up and he's got candy that these kids have never seen before. And he says to them, you know what? There's a better life. 
And these children can so easily be trapped. And before they realize it, they're gone. And their families never see them again. And that's where our ministry comes in. Perhaps the most important day in the lives of these children is the day when they're told there are some people out there who want to harm you, but God is watching over you. You use your words, you stay together, you run, you cry out, and to watch them prepare these children not to become statistics was amazing. The one thing that was clear to me was, I can't unsee what I've seen. I can't unhear the things I've heard. We cannot leave things the way they are. Part of it is, you know, reaching the villages, rescuing those who are already captured, restore the souls. We're literally changing the world one child at a time. What you're looking at as you look at those images is you're seeing the horrors of sexual predation and, and trafficking, literally taking these children slaves. They get them when they're in an impoverished area and they go and promise the uh, family that they're gonna take them and educate them, put these girls to work, send money back to the family. Sometimes they just kidnap them. And we're able to get those kids who are prime prospects and take care of them. We're able to get many of them out while they're young, maybe a little bit before they start just selling them every day. And then we're able to get some of them totally out and we've set up a situation where you can get them into a very secure place that the predators can't come get them out. And, and all of this happened, Betty, when we were looking at that beautiful life center in Thailand, the sex capital of the world and the largest rescue area right there. I, I want to zoom in. I want you to see something there that, that's on that, on that beautiful uh, uh, destiny house. Now here it is, look at the, the incredible building, incredible facilities. Many of the children that we started there with are now college professors. They're teachers. They started here. I want you to look in there. Donated by what? Life Outreach International. Who built that? You did. People here, people watching, you built it. You put the arms of God around broken lives, rescuing them. And that's what we do together. And we ask you a couple of times a year, let's invest. It takes, think about this, but it's $128 to rescue a child. That's because you paid for those facilities. You helped the missionary workers be there because they planted their life there full of love. But you enabled them to be effective. You gave them the place. This is all over the world. Other places like that, not quite as large, not quite as, uh, let's say, as nice as that would happen to be. But that's where we started. And, and continuing to build all over the world, all over Asia. In many places right now, we're being told we can't even mention the area because it sets the predators off. We can no longer show you close-ups of those children's faces because then they'll try to target them. So we're working continually in difficult circumstances, but it all happens with love. We right now, with the overseers and the missionaries, they say we've got 5,000. Right now, we believe we can rescue we can stop from the trafficking, get them out of trafficking. So we need to raise the funds for that. It's $128 to rescue one. Would you help us? Let me tell you the miracle, Betty. Some of our friends who said, we got to do this, they put up a $200,000 matching gift, which means you give today $128 to rescue a child. You rescued two. Or you 64. It goes to 128 a child. Maybe you couldn't afford the 128. But think about this. Thank God there are many of you who say, I can rescue 10 and you give 1,280, suddenly you've rescued 20 because of the love of some who said, we believe in this. 
we have some gifts we want to give you. I'm sending you the book that I've written that I believe God can use to not only change your life, but awaken the church to begin living in New Testament power, living amazed the way God wants us to live. We're saying thank you. We have other gifts. We have the beautiful determined eagle. I think the prettiest bronze we've ever offered. God's people are determined to soar on the turbulence of the times and the challenges of the day. We are able to rise above by the power and grace of God. We live in that trust. We want to say thank you, but would you right now go online, go to the website, or dial the number and take your bank card. Make the gift God puts on your heart, knowing it'll be doubled. Could you help us reach 10, 1,280, suddenly 20 are reached. 128, not one now, but two. Whatever God leads you to do, please reach out with joy and make the gift God put on your heart. Thank you for doing it. Innocent children and young people longing to be loved and cared for are being abducted and sold at the hands of violent predators. Their spirit and bodies broken under horrific emotional and physical abuse. Through Mission Rescue Life, you can reach out to save children vulnerable to sex traffickers. You can help rescue those already enslaved. And you can help restore their lives and give them a future. And now a generous opportunity of a $200,000 matching gift means your gift of $128 to help rescue a child will be matched to help two children. Your $64 gift will be matched to help rescue one child from the horrors of human trafficking. And a $32 rescue gift will be doubled to $64. With your gift, we'll send you James Robison's new book, Living Amazed, How Divine Encounters Can Change Your Life. As you read these inspiring stories, you'll learn how to live amazed in the presence of God 24 hours a day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll receive James' new book, along with the companion Amazed Journal, so you can record accounts in your own life where you are amazed at God's goodness. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,280, which will now help rescue 20 children, and you may request our beautiful new Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today. Well, we've let you know that obviously we'd like you to read the book. That's kind of the amazing journey that I experienced. And so much of it is just when people had no idea I was a preacher, they didn't know one thing about me. Just somebody walking up in the amazing glory and power of God and miracles happen. Same way with you. If you'd like to have Dr. Evans' book, we're sending you living amazed to say thank you. You help us help rescue these precious ones from sexual trafficking. And you say, would you mind sending me Dr. Evans' book? I'm basing some detours. Yes, we will. To say thank you for touching someone else with love. Will you join Betty and me saying thanks to Dr. Evans? Love you, buddy. Thank you. Bless you, Lois. We love you. Thanks so much. Thanks for helping us share life today, every day. Thank you.
every person can have these amazing experiences because our God's amazing. Tomorrow, James and Betty reminisce with their pastor and friend, Robert Morris. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.